Welcome to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood. This is Scott Ramage, your host, and today I am lucky enough to be talking with Luke Gajeri. Luke is a pastor, self-published author, communicator, and professional nerd who has an established track record of passion and excellence in both the church and corporate worlds. Luke fuses the worlds of ministry and technology together, and he loves seeing families flourish. I am super excited to have you here, Luke. I think uh, you have a lot to offer. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. This is cool what you guys are building here and just the opportunity to connect with dads and men and fathers. It's just a huge, it's a huge hole in our society right now. So thanks for having me be a part of this. Um, yeah, so I, let me just kind of, I'll introduce myself real quick. Uh, again, like Scott covered it pretty well there, pastor, professional nerd. For the past two and a half years, I've been a youth pastor at a, a medium-sized church in Abilene, Texas. Um, before that, I spent the past 10 years working in different levels of graphic design, social media marketing, digital marketing, content creation, and have, have had a lot of passion for kind of both of those worlds. I love being involved in technology, pushing the limits of what can be done with technology and marketing and, and making money in some of those avenues. But then I love people and I love being a part of helping people win in life. And so I have found kind of a good middle ground in both of those places. I've run social media accounts for large multimedia or multi-million dollar organizations. Uh, and then now current context, you know, I'm, I'm a pastor and I deal with teenagers. And so uh, my heart is to kind of work in both of those worlds simultaneously and it works well. And, um, you know, I, I just want to, uh, today I hope to help you with some thoughts and ideas with those two things. How do we deal with uh, your your child's heart, your child's spirit and how they navigate life, but then also navigate the ins and outs and the practicals of technology. Yeah, we're kind of uh, jumping into a really um, sought out conversation. Parents sure. want to know. I mean, they, they want to know, like, how do I navigate this? And how do, where do we draw the lines? And I'm sure you're going to uh, kind of dive into all that. But why don't you go ahead and just like lay the foundation of the overall mindset of, of what you're going to talk about today? Yeah, no, that's good. So it's, it's kind of both. It's, it's, there's a, you know, we'll cover kind of some detailed practical application things. But before I get there, I want to talk about a mindset uh, it, it really, it's not an app issue. It's a parenting approach. This is not just, you get this app and you set this up on your kid's phone and then you'll have control. It's, it's, it's a really an approach to the way that you parent and the digital world, what happens digitally is just an extension of that. So like different technology, different methods are fleeting. They change every couple of months, but good parenting never goes out of style. And so I believe that when you set a kid on a path now being young, when they're older, they won't stray from that. And so how do we, how do we take that mentality and say, I'm going to do what I can now to set them on a path? So the majority of this content, I'll, I'll be talking to parents of teenagers, but this also applies uh, if you have younger kids, just kind of put some of this back in your brain for later. Uh, but then even some of this will apply for right now. Um, so... I think number one, being a good parent is just about being aware and present. Uh, a lot of it just has to do with turning off your phone and being involved, right? And so I've, mm -hmm. seen, I've seen a couple different, I've talked about this before uh, with my parents in our church, but there's two different approaches to parenting and they're both wrong on some level. There's two kinds of parents, the helicopter and the koala. Uh, so koalas are kind of jealous of the lifestyle of a koala, to be honest. They sleep between 18 to 22 hours a day. 
and they live in the trees. And so some of us parent that way. We're asleep. We're asleep at the wheel. We're letting whatever happens, happens. We're just clocked out, kind of doing our own, doing our own thing. Uh, and then the other side of the spectrum is the helicopter. And you can hover too close. A helicopter, when it's too close to the ground, it kicks up a lot of dust, creates a lot of chaos, creates a lot of distrust, uh, has some unhealthy uh, impairments there in the relationship. And so I think we got to be somewhere in the middle. You don't want to be a helicopter that's just hovering close uh, just because you don't trust your kid. But then you also don't want to be a disengaged koala living in the trees. You've got to be kind of somewhere in the middle. That being said, social media, technology, all of this stuff, that is an area to hover close. So I think you've got to know when to kind of be trusting and lean into letting your kids figure life out, but then also know when do I just get kind of all up in their business and, and help navigate things. So if you've developed a teenager with a great moral compass and good character, you won't have to swoop in and helicopter very often, but you still have to on some level. I love that analogy. I love the koala helicopter, and I definitely have picked myself out. <laughs> uh, yeah. but, and I, and I'm sure you've gotten that from working with a lot of parents. So let's go ahead and kind of look at um, our current, maybe the current generation, maybe the current, uh, you know, who we're talking about here, teenagers, young teens. Yeah. So they've kind of been given this label generation Z, gen Z, right? Anybody born yeah. between 97 and 2012 is how Pew research kind of def defends or defines, uh, this age group. And so these are our current teenagers, uh, you know, so in, in, in young, even tweens, and then uh, even going up to kind of age 21, 22, there's some interesting things. So they're more connected than ever, yet they're private and closed off. And so they want to have, they want to have connection, they want to have integration with social media, but also not super public. So I don't know if, when, when Twitter first came out in 2005 or 2007, whenever it was, Everybody was just posting everything on there. It was very like, I'm going to broadcast my life. Um, and that's not what we're seeing now with the current landscape of social media. We're seeing a different philosophy where instead of just creating a permanent archive of my whole life online, uh, we're going to just kind of create little, share little snippets. We're going to live in the moment and we're going to share experiences as they happen. And so mm -hmm. some things that we have happening is, Kids are not sharing very much. Like, for example, let's take Instagram. They'll share a photo to Instagram, but not, not very often in the permanent feed. They'll more so often share to stories. And we see that a lot with Snapchat. That's kind of where it all started, where you have these stories versions of the apps where it's, it's a quick thing. It disappears in 24 hours. It used to be, man, I was taught growing up, be careful what you put on social media because it's going to leave a permanent footprint. And if future employers will look at what you do online and they'll judge whether you're hireable and all that, there's less of that. There's still, it's still a little bit there, but now it's more just, I'm going to, I'm creating a sense of fleetingness. Like, like I'm just going to post this out there and it's going to be gone tomorrow. So now the culture of social media is not this massive permanent footprint. It's more, I'm just going to share life as it happens because it's going to be gone. So that means there's no real consequences because there's no archive being created. No one's going to look this up in a year. They're just looking at it right now and then it's gone. That, that uh that's scary it is because, and, and i think that's where all parents come in is like oh i don't know what my kid's doing right and and, and, and it, how do you navigate that yeah so it, it creates two different approaches really you either then you babysit them every 10 minutes and you're constantly checking in on what's doing on what they're doing or you ban their apps 
and you just say, you're not going to do anything because the whole landscape now of social media is this temporary fix, then you're not allowed on there at all. Or you can develop a sense of character and trust. So like, for example, let's, let's take it offline for a second. If I'm, if I have teenagers and I have my, my house, uh, at night, am I, Am I going to just leave the house unlocked with no curfew, no alarm, no cameras, no nothing? If I'm if I'm just leaving the house unlocked at night and just letting anything happen happen, what would my kids do? So hmm. that that's creating that that creates a sense of however you answer that question is going to create how you need to navigate this technology and teenager conversation moving forward. In a similar sense, if your kids came to you and said, "Hey, Dad, there's a there's a, a a party happening. It's in this cool empty warehouse downtown. And would you would you just send them to the warehouse? Well, chances are no. You would say, who owns this place? Who's gonna be there? What kind of party is this? Like the way that you would navigate that in an offline sense should define how you parent in the internet. And let me say it another way. So I I wouldn't send my kids to a warehouse party that I didn't know anything about. But yet on the same token, a lot of us send our kids to the internet without having any clue who's on there, who they're interacting with, who they're connected to, who those friends are connected to, or what's happening in these different quote unquote warehouses in the digital world. And so again, this comes down to not just an app issue, but a parenting approach. So we would never do that uh, offline, but a lot of us do that online. It's kind of like, I think of the story of, um, Captain Phillips, you know, he, he's on this, uh, this ship, love the movie, love Tom Hanks portrayal of this story. Uh, but there's this iconic scene, the pirates take over the ship. The crew is, is locked underneath for safety. The captain, Captain Phillips is, is in the command center there. And the pirates come in and go, look at me. I'm the captain now. And, uh, what's interesting in history, this moment, uh, according to the news and what kind of transpired, all of the pirates that boarded this ship were between the ages of 17 and 19. And this is what happens in our home. So your home is a ship. And if you let culture drive, if you let your teenagers drive, what's going to happen is they're going to take over and do things that are not healthy. They're going to do things that are not uh, the direction you want your family going. And so I hope in some sense that this this podcast, and this really the heart of what Scott and the, and the crew is doing here is we're just trying to give you permission to take authority in your home as the father. And a lot of us pirates are boarding, they're taking over and we just kind of give up and we just kind of let it happen. Uh, this is not to say your kids are bad or your kids are horrible people, but there, there is a culture in how we see it in Hollywood. We see it in, in different, uh, avenues of media that, that there's a certain agenda for our, our young people. And if we don't let it, if we don't take control of it, they're going to board the ship of your home and they're going to drive and they're going to do what they want. And so this is just, this is not a fear thing. Like I'm not trying to scare you and, and get you paranoid about your, your home and your technology more so just give you permission to be aware of what's happening and to take authority over that, that you're the captain. These pirates aren't the captain. Your kids are not the captain. You are the captain of your home. Um, and there's some stuff we'll, we'll get into here in a second of like some details. Uh, how do you do this? How do you, how do you captain the ship here? Um, but I think yeah. it's important just to kind of lay that down to say, you know, I, you're not going to do anything if, if you don't feel like you own the ship. If you feel like you're just a passenger, then you're not going to take ownership. The first step here is let's take ownership. Let's realize you're the captain and you can uh, implement a few things 
uh, here to, to take control. Does that make sense? It does. And I think, uh, I think it's that almost that paradigm shift of because it's online or on their phone, you don't have control. And that's not the truth. I mean, it's not about control. It's about how you manage them in that life. Just like if they're in your home, I love that because it kind of brings it back to common sense. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And, and setting a foundation. I know that from very early on, if I held a black and white line with my kids and laid down very my, my two boys, I laid down very clear boundaries. And and no matter how difficult it was, if I kept sticking with those boundaries, eventually they would never go past those boundaries because mm. they knew that that was the same. So so let's kind of talk about this because I think a lot of parents are really scared of the statement you just said. Yeah, because maybe they're a little too far along and they're, they think there's no coming back or maybe they're like, I don't want to be a dictator. I don't want to like lock their phones down. So let's just do you mind stepping into that that mode? Yeah, so that's tough. And, and I think one of the mentalities here is you can be hard on the issue while being soft on the person. Uh, uh-huh. And this is a this is a tough line to walk because your kids won't feel this. They'll feel like you're just shutting them down entirely. But and again, this is kind of an incremental thing. This is not figure all this out right away. It's let's take baby steps starting right now. Um, so, you know, s- statistics tell us too, like, and some of you probably already know this, but, you know, according to some recent research that was done in the Journal of American Medical Association, uh, about 27% of teenagers are receiving sexts. A sext is a nude photo wow. through text, right? And about 15% are sending them. So that means that that things are are worth like this is almost the new like hey how you doing uh, in a in a budding romantic relationship of young people is the entry to relationship now is for twenty seven percent is a nude photo, and so it's not just I heard I had a friend say it like this. Um, we don't put seatbelts on in the car. Like if, if your kids get in the car and you put on the seatbelts, it's not just because they don't trust daddy's driving. It's because mm-hmm. you don't trust the guy across the median that is is uh, maybe buzzed a little bit and he could swerve into your car at any time. So we wear seatbelts not just not out of a lack of trust, but out of there's a lot of stuff going on outside of the car that I'm trying to protect you from. And so this is a... This is the kind of again. It, it's you're going to have to navigate this in your home. Some of you are more strict and, and involved in the way you parent. Some of you have built up trust over time. So you're all at kind of a different place. This isn't necessarily a one size fits all, um, but it's just knowing. I mean, the world is crazy right now, and there's some some things to be aware of. So let me just. I've got a quick list of a couple things that I think you should be aware of. And then later on, you can, um, later on, you can, can go in and get more detail on these. So I'll just run through this list. You may have to do more research and dive into them. There's only so far I can cover on a quick podcast like this, but just things to be aware of that you may not know of, um, like Snapchat. All of you probably know about Snapchat. Um, you may not know that it's a little bit, it's super easy to find horrible things on there and, uh, probably worth either, really, like I said, helicoptering in on that, or just like in my home, if if I had a teenage daughter, I wouldn't let her use Snapchat kind of a thing, but kind of set that up for your family. Same deal with TikTok. TikTok, not only is there a level of um, almost like an uh, just a surplus of inappropriate content, there's also uh, rumors and different uh, allegations that China is monitoring our data on there. That could be a conspiracy theory. I don't know. 
Um, but there's some concerns about TikTok on a privacy level and then also on a content level. Another app to be aware of, um, and again, this is part of kind of captaining your ship. A lot of people I know do nightly device checks. So when the kid comes home, they plug in their phone, it stays in the kitchen or in the dining room, and it gets a check by mom or dad at the end of the day just to kind of, again, not out of mistrust, but what's going on out there. Uh, so if you're doing these device checks, or maybe it's once a week, scan for Kik, K-I-K. It's a private messaging app. So even if you have monitoring set up like through iMessage or uh, Google Messenger, you can um, you can avoid those platforms by using an app called Kick. Uh, another thing, and this is more and more common, I didn't know this was a thing. I thought this was just in the movies, but burner phones. So what's happening is, and I've, I've had this happen in our in our youth group, I'll be teaching parents on how to lock down phones and devices, and then they will they'll do it. They'll start implementing these, these kind of, um, stipulations and device, you know, locks on their phones. And what happens is the kids at school give them an extra phone and then they have this private phone that they can use to communicate with their friends. And so even though they're not violating any filters that have been set up on their device, they're using a whole other device that isn't even known about. And, um, one kid, his parents found out about it after like six months. And for six months, he'd been using this phone that somebody else gave him. I'm like, first of wow. all, what's this? What's that? Like who has extra iPhones? They're just giving away, you know, number, number yeah. one, that's just, that's crazy. Number two, uh, it's just scary to know that if a trust isn't built, that your kid will find a way like Jurassic park, life finds a way, right? Like, mm -hmm. like, uh, they will find a way they're smart. They'll find a way to communicate how they want to communicate. Uh, another thing, Google docs. So oh, if your really? kids, yeah. So if your kid's working on homework in Google docs, which a lot of schools are using, uh, they can, there's a chat feature where you can chat within Google Docs via collaboration. And so this, I don't see as much inappropriate stuff happening on here. Uh, if you do the research on it, you can see that it's not necessarily just a breeding ground for horrible things in the same way that TikTok and Snapchat is. But it's just an offline way that it's not offline, it's online, but it's a way that I can, I can circumvent any type of filtering you may have, because at the end of the day, I'm not in a messenger app, I'm in Google Docs. Um, and so that's just something, again, just something to be aware of that's out there, not to scare you, just to kind of help you steer the ship here. Uh, Finsta. Finsta is a thing where a lot of kids will set up a fake Instagram. That's what it stands for, Finsta. Oh, and so okay. they have their real Instagram, which is usually just their name or the first, you know, just something that's, that's cute about them. But then they'll set up a fake Instagram to kind of be a different version of themselves to their friends. And so... This is not as much, again, not a malicious thing. It's just this desire for Gen Z to be connected yet private. I want to be connected, but not everybody needs to know my business. Uh, and so Finstas is a way they do that. Another one, and this one is probably the most malicious one, didn't know this was a thing until a couple months ago, Calculator Plus. It's actually a, an app, but it's also a family of apps that are disguised as a calculator. And so you open the app and it looks like a calculator, but then you enter in an equation. So you'd enter in like, like seven plus three equals 10. Uh, and you would hit enter and then it would, it would open the app and what's hidden behind the calculator screen is a file system. So I could download pornography. I could save text messages from girls and I could save all that in this file system that at first glance is a calculator. 
Uh, And I'm like, this is crazy. The lengths people are going to to hide content from people. And so um, that's just, again, just something to be aware of that's out there. Uh, We're, you know, I'm sure there's more resources on these kinds of things you can find online and, and we'll, we'll develop some more things along these lines, but it's kind of a good starting point. Like just kind of get, you know, get an awareness of what's out there. It seems to me like, you know, I think I think what's going to happen, or I think what's happening, is a lot of parents are are behind. Mm-hmm. They're far enough behind that they're playing catch up, right? Right. They're like now, my kids are using this. Now what? And um, I think it, it. I I love the captaining. You know, just being the captain of the ship. Yeah. Know? And I think that that's a really good analogy. And I know that parents are um, struggling with things such as, um, you know, maybe. Uh, fractured homes or, you know, split, you know, they, they split custody and a kid gets one thing at another home or, um, or, you know, parents differ in their agree in their, in, in what they think. And so, you know, I don't, I know you don't have answers for that, but I think like having conversations with your kids, um, I, I'm going to trust you till you don't, till I find something that I don't trust you on, but I'm also going to look for your safety. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to look at your device. I, I love that you said, you know, maybe like a, a time where they set it and charge it downstairs or, you know, in the common area. Is that typically what you re- you tell parents to do? And, yeah. And, okay. Yeah. So, and, and, and I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I, I've actually, I taught this, I taught a version of some of this material in a class in my church. And one of the moms came up to me afterwards and said that, you know, they're, uh, her, her and her husband are divorced, have been for years, and they have a 14-year-old daughter and they're right now kind of having this disagreement where they won't even let her have a phone but the dad thinks that the daughter should have a phone and the mom thinks she shouldn't fortunately in this situation the dad is kind of submitting to the mom's opinion and they live in the same city but they they live obviously separated and uh, even though he has a very different parenting style, he's kind of honoring that the, the mom's request that we'll give her a phone when she's 16 or whatever they've decided. Um, and, and that, that doesn't always happen. Uh, no. and so one of the, one of the things is you can at least be in control in your home. And so I'll exactly. kind of give some tips in, in like on a specific level, like how can you control what's happening in your home, even if you can't control what's happening outside of the home. And that's just, that's just a tough reality is that, um, you know, we have a, a, there was another family I was talking to, they foster kids. And so they bring, they come to the home and they're, you know, they're 17 and they're a foster kid that, that is, is, they're just working on taking care of them for this season. And they, they have these beliefs and these convictions about how they're going to captain their home. And then this kid comes in with another device that, well, it's my device or I pay for it or, you know, how are you going to limit? How are you going to monitor me? And I know that's a real situation. And again, you you can't force yourself on it without, in some level, this is kind of a tricky situation, but what you can say is, okay, but as long as you're in my house, on my network, on my Wi-Fi that I'm paying for, kind of like if, if I have a car, I'm letting you drive. I'm going to set up some ground rules of how this car is is taken care of. Like you're going to check the oil, you're going to pay for the insurance. Like there's a certain level of commitment that you have to have if you're driving my car. Same way if you're in my home using my internet or whatever, then there's going to be a different there's going to be this certain set of rules. It doesn't matter what what mom says or in the last home you came from, uh, how they did it. Here's how it's going to happen in this home. 
That's great. That's great. And I think kids, uh, you know, having been a teacher for so many years, I found that kids who had unstructured homes or a place that didn't feel, you know, that's, that's a safety thing for them, even Mm -hmm. if it's in their own homes. And, and I'm going to get to the point here, but they would rather be at school than home. That was the highlight of the day because there was safety in real guidelines. Um, They knew what was right, what was wrong and what they could do and, and that they were safe. And I think basically by, if you are the one who's upholding these expectations and you know, you're steering the ship in your, in your own home, I would imagine eventually that that same concept is going to take place. This is where I can, I know where the boundaries are. And I would think that would actually turn out better for some parents. It's going to be some pain and suffering. In the meantime. Absolutely. No, this is a difficult yeah. thing, man. And a part of me hates talking about this because I'm, I'm creating a lot of work for you as a parent. I'm creating a lot of, I'm creating a lot of, um, difficulty here, but you know, it, Part of, part of me says, too, that if you're even listening to a podcast like this, you have a hunger to grow and get better. Like Absolutely. the fact that you're even listening to this says, hey, I, I want to do something right. And, you know, and so that kind of almost gives permission to go, OK, then here's some stuff. You know, here's some things to look out for. So I yeah. gave some things like some kind of scary things like here to look out for. I want to kind of give some hope and give some like tools to help. Um, again, this is going to, you're going to have some homework coming out of this. If this is an area that you need to improve on, um, because you're going to have to go look into some of these resources and some of these tools. Uh, some of them I've used personally. Some of them I've just been told about, uh, some of them are paid. You have to pay a fee for them. Some of them are free. Um, but let me just, uh, let me just dive into these. Um, yeah. So one, probably the best like entry level app for monitoring devices outside of the home is Bark. B-A-R-K, like a dog bark. Um, <laughs> and you can look that up, and that's got a great – it, it kind of scans for messaging. It scans uh, – it's, it's filtering and monitoring. It can block certain content, and then it can send you an email when certain things are happening on the phone, if a new app is installed, if, if different things are being sent in messaging, if it's detecting, like, cyberbullying on different platforms. Basically scans everything happening on the device and then reports it to you, the parent or the owner of the, of the device. Um, on a similar note, but this one goes a little bit deeper and, and covers more. Safer Kid, Safer Kid, uh, that app is a, a more in-depth filtering. It'll even tell you, like it kind of does the homework for you, and it will give you alerts on certain new apps that your kids may be interested in and why they're dangerous. And so, like for this, I can give this whole this whole podcast on the apps to look out for, but it's all going to change in six months. Like this this podcast, say. unfortunately, is going to be irrelevant. In a, I mean, some of the principles and some of the things will never change, but the, 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 you know, TikTok came out of nowhere and now is the biggest thing. And so next year, there's going to be something even bigger and better that everybody's into that wasn't around when we recorded this. And so Safer Kid helps kind of keep their thumb on the pulse of what's out there. And then we'll alert you of just potential issues with it. And then same kind of thing as Bark, the monitoring. It'll even, it'll even give an alert if like a new contact is added to the phone and who they are. Uh, and so almost like in a creepy, like big brother is watching thing. But again, if you want a helicopter and, and hover close in some of these areas, safer kid is a great option. Um, and then there's an app for Android devices. I think it also is for iOS called off time, which will, it won't do as much filtering, but it'll limit the time that, uh, that, that kids are able to use the phone. So like, for example, growing up, my dad always said, nothing good happens after 11 p.m. And so you could set the phone to be set up to where it shuts off uh, any any cellular or Wi-Fi access at 
11 p.m. or whatever you decide. Uh, so those are some kind of some tools that kind of work. Another one, Microsoft Family Controls. If your family uses Windows devices, you can control Xbox, what kind of content they download, what kind of games they use. If they, you know, it limits the ability for them to spend money in games. That's a big issue these days. Yeah. Uh, it lets you limit screen time. So you can shut off the, the Xbox after two and a half hours. Um, you can you can have all kinds of connections with what they're what they're doing online. Uh, again, that's more limited to Windows devices. Some of those other apps like Bark and Safer Kid, those will go cross-platform on no matter what your kid is using. It'll monitor that. Um, but what I love about the Microsoft family controls is it's going to monitor the Xbox. And it's going to – anything that's happening on an Xbox, it, you, you have complete control over it. Mm. Um, and so you do some digging on that. If you're a Windows family or if you use Xbox, it's a big deal. Um, and then, like I said, I was going to mention something specifically that will allow you to control kind of the, the my Wi-Fi, my rules. Um, Disney Circle, it's – it's kind of a twofold thing. So it, it's sold as an individual box. It's a hundred dollars. It's a little box the size of a you know three inch cube, and you plug it in, set it up with your internet network, and what it does is it monitors all the traffic on the network, and allows you to block certain apps. Same kind of deal as some of these other things I've talked about: uh, filtering certain types of content, filtering. Um, times that it's being used, the amount of time it's being used. So you can set a filter for Facebook. Once Facebook is being used for 30 minutes on any given device, it'll shut off. You can set up profiles. So if you've got a five-year-old in the house, you can limit their profile differently than you would limit a 13-year-old in the house. Um, and so that they also have a plan that allows you to piggyback on the cell phone. So oh, wow. primarily, it'll just work inside the home. I think it's free once you buy the box. And then it's either a 5 to $10 upgrade if you want to monitor the cell phone outside of the home. And some of us, if we're locked in a place where they see mom half of the time or they're from a foster family and, or they're, they're in the foster system and they have a phone that I can't touch, um, this will at least let you limit what's happening inside the house. Uh, a lot of times, too, if you're looking at like a new Wi-Fi system for your house, like the Netgear Orbi mesh systems, those now have Circle built into them. So you don't even need to buy a separate box. It'll be built into your Wi-Fi router. So that that I've used Circle for years because, you know, like I don't have a... I don't have a teenager. I have a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a four-month-old. But my five-year-old likes YouTube. And so if I want to put any kind of oh, limit right. on what's happening on YouTube or the type of content that she can find, uh, then, then Circle is my ticket to kind of limit some of those things. Not only limit the time, but limit where, um, where they're going and what they're seeing online. Yeah, I'd, I'd put a, a big... Um... I have the Orbi mesh system in my home and it works really well. Yeah. And I think the, you know, if I, if, if I could sum this up a little bit, we're talking about controlling things that happen inside your home. And I think it's more about setting an example and parameters about what's appropriate because we ultimately it's very hard to control, if not impossible, control what happens outside of the home. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And so I, I really like the message that like, you know, you can't, helicopter in public you can't helicopter in school but if you set those parameters then they can start to gauge their own moral compass at least they know instead of not talking about it where it's just like you are are you assuming they know what's right and wrong at when their brain hasn't developed right yeah so yeah yeah and and it also um 
I don't know. I just I like these tools, but also knowing that it, it comes down to doing the hard work. Yeah, it, it yeah. comes down to developing a relationship with your kids. And what does that take? It takes you said it early on intentionality, putting your own device down and really paying attention. So yeah. And, and really the goal great. here is not just having your house on lockdown like a prison. The goal is building trust. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you know, you don't want to have to use these things or have or you want to be able to slowly phase these things out to where you've built so much trust that you now you have a 17, 18 year old ready to leave the house and you fully trust them that they're not going to go to this warehouse party downtown, that they now will navigate this messy place called the internet, uh, by themselves and do okay. You know, I have a friend, um, Matt, he works for Microsoft. He's an Uber nerd. He's super technology savvy. He, a lot of this stuff I actually learned from him, like the safer kid app he uses. And and I hadn't heard about it before I talked to him. And he, um, he told me a story about his kid the other day. He has Disney circle set up at their house and then he uses safer kid to monitor what's happening outside of the house. And he's got a, uh, let me see if I remember here, a 10 year old, a 13 year old and a 15 year old. And a couple years ago, the 15 year old came up to him after he set up Disney circle. And he said that I can get around Disney circle. And he goes, hmm. no, you can't. He goes, yeah, I can. And he goes, okay, go ahead. Go. I want you to do it by this time tomorrow. I'll give you till the end of the day tomorrow to go ahead and get around Disney circle. Uh, and so he unplugs, uh, he unplugs the, the Disney circle box and Sure enough, come to find out that disabled it. But what he didn't know is that they had Disney Circle built into the Netgear Orbi. So if he unplugs, the the only way to get rid of the Disney Circle is to unplug the entire router. And then you're defeating the purpose. <laughs> On a similar way, he said, um, he kind of navigated in another way of, of they do the iTunes uh, family sharing on the account. So if yep. his kids download an app, it has to be approved and, and different things in the family account for iTunes. And he goes, Dad, I can get around iTunes and kind of get out of this family sharing thing. And he goes, no, you can't. And he goes, yeah, I can. Okay, go ahead and try. Well, he ends up like trying to delete his profile, delete his account, sign out, and then restore the phone to a new profile and set it up as a new phone. In the process, he ends up bricking his iPhone. They have to get on the yeah. phone for like four hours with Apple. And it was a big mess. But the point was that he was willing to have this conversation with his dad about it instead of just trying to hack and jailbreak. Like they were, they were kind of experimenting together about these filters. And it wasn't this rebellion, like I'm going to get around it. It was almost like a challenge, like, Dad, I know what you're setting up is good on these on these devices, and I'm okay with it. But at the same time, like I'm going to find a hole, and so it was almost like he was trying to take it apart. And that's the goal here: is we want to have these conversations with our kids that they're in the loop on what's going on. It's a conversation we're having; they understand our heart behind it, and that if they want to try to challenge the system, they can go ahead. Uh, you know, I think it was Apple; they offered like a million dollars to a hacker that could compromise one of their systems, you know, and they're, they're almost inviting the challenge because they know it's going to make them better. And so that's the relationship that Matt has with his son in this context, but it's taken years of trust and, and conversation. And I'm not just locking this down like a prison to make your life worse. We're putting on the seatbelts because we don't understand what's fully out there and mm-hmm. what can access us. So, yeah. And having that conversation, honestly, with your kids, like trusting, letting them know that you, you value them enough that you're explaining why. And I love the car, the, the seatbelt car analogy. I think that yeah. would bring it home for kids a little bit. Like, hey, there could be a drunk driver out there. I want to protect you no matter what. Exactly. You know? Yeah, that's that's really great. So this stuff, man, I'm telling you, this is incredible information. And I know it's going to change 
frequently. You know, we're yeah. going gonna to turn around, like you said, and there's going to be a new TikTok or whatever. And, and you, you said about half the things you brought up I'd never even heard of. So I feel like my head's in the clouds and I have teenagers. Um, how can people uh, learn more about Luke? What, what resources do you have out there? You also said you're a self-published author, so I'd like to give you a chance to oh, tell us yeah. about your book. No, thanks, man. Yeah, so I'd love to connect on Instagram. Luke Gajari is my my username, just at L-U-K-E-G-A-J-A-R-Y. I'm probably the most active there. Uh, and then uh, I have a couple of so, – so I wrote a book that has nothing to do with any of this, uh, but it's called <laughs> Tell It Well. It's just about telling your stories. I believe all of us have stories that are significant and that are more meaningful than we believe they are. And so I, in my book I wrote a couple years ago, I try to challenge people um, – you know, tell your stories. What do you have that, that is worth sharing with the world? And uh, so much of the world around us is missing out because they're not hearing what we have to say or we, we discount it or we don't think it's significant. Uh, so anyway, that's the book. It's on Amazon. You can search my name or search Tell It Well. Uh, but I will also throw – I have nothing to do with these resources, but there's some other great resources out there. Uh, one is called Axis.org. They do a great job of kind of taking what's happening in culture and writing a, a guide on it. So they have different downloads available for like a Fortnite guide. What's good, what's bad, what's ugly about Fortnite. Same thing with Minecraft, TikTok, Snapchat. Hmm. Uh, they even talk about Finstas and some of the stuff I've talked about, they go deeper on. Uh, and so Axis, A-X-I-S.org. Uh, another one I found kind of as I've been navigating this whole research for these different ideas was verywellfamily.com. Very well family. Again, I'm not connected with these sites in any way. I just have found a lot of helpful information on there. Uh, Very well family focuses on younger kids, like tweens, like 10 to 13 ish. Uh, But they have material on there like a cell phone contract. If you're going to give your kid a phone, they need to sign an agreement that says there's going to be certain boundaries here and here's how we operate. Um, So they're good at kind of preparing you and equipping you as you head into these seasons. Uh, Again, not so much if it's it's, you're kind of knee deep in this and the ship has already been taken over by pirates. That stuff is maybe not as helpful or that's a maybe down the road conversation. Um, But yeah, access.org will help you navigate some of those things and then verywellfamily.com. And then, yeah, let's let's connect on Instagram and, and keep the conversation going. Every time I talk about this, I hear from somebody that says, hey, but did you know about this? And I go, no, <laughs> let me add that to the next time I talk about it. And so every That's time right. I, every time we talk about it, we get a little bit better. So That's great. Well, man, I really appreciate your time. And I think this is uh, very relevant information everybody needs to have. Yeah, I would agree, man. Thanks for having me. I love what you guys are doing here. Awesome.